Estrelo. You are listening to CITR Radio FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And we have a special DJ in the house today. Who are you? Uh, I am Darren. 
and I'm from Calgary. And Darren, who have you brought with you right now? I have my uh, little chum Trevor with me today to keep me straight. Hello, Trevor. Hey. And Trevor <laughs> has been on the Nardwar show before. A veteran. And a veteran has played in a couple bands and has mentioned Darren before, and now Darren Aww. is here in now, person. Yeah, now we finally get to do this. It's too it kind. Is in person. No, you are here right off the bat. We should give a plug to Robin. We should. We? Uh, who are you, Darren? Ro who are you? Robin was kind to us this afternoon, and we're going to mention that she is promoting a scooter swap meet at Vespa Metro at 590 Clark Drive on Sunday in the back lot from 11 to 3. Don't miss it. Who are you, Darren? Who, Who are you? I? Yeah, um, what did we just hear? Who are you first? Well, I was thinking a lot this week about bands and relationships, and then I was digging Jonathan Richmond in my van on the way here from Calgary, and uh, yeah, I th that I really like the fuzzy organ break in the middle of that. That's the main thing. No, I am calling you Darren. But you also go by Enzo Smoked Ham. Yeah, and there's a story there. Once when I was quite a bit younger, I bought a Dan Electro guitar in a pawn shop, and on the case it said Enzo Ribarelli. And so in the Vindicators, I became Enzo Smoked Ham. When did you change from Endo Smoked Ham? Enzo Smoked Ham. <laughs> uh, when I became an adult, but I still go by Enzo. That's my DJ name. Where did you meet Trevor? Because you have brought Trevor in. I tried to help Trevor with his broken Vespa, and that's how we became <laughs> friends. The Jaguars Scooter Club, right? That is correct, yeah. Uh, Ten years later, it's still broken. Yeah, we're still his scooter's still broken this afternoon, but we're friends. Now, we mentioned right off the bat Robin's sale, <laughs> flea market on Sunday. I'm excited. Scooter-related. What scooters have you had over the years? I'm curious. The show's not long enough. I've had several Vespas and Lambrettas. Any notable We're here ones. to talk about records uh, today. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, well, just curious. Since we just came from Vespa Motors, Vespa Metro. True. Uh, yeah, great guys. Um, if you want a scooter, go see those guys. They've got a fantastic shop. What do you have now? What do you have now? And what would you recommend? My for favorite scooter is my 1967 Lambretta. And if you can get one of those, maybe from the nice guys at Vesper Metro, I think that's what you should do. No the better way to get around town. And what about wearing a helmet? Because you, what is your idea on helmet? I think that's probably a very good idea. What has your, you know, what helmets have you had over the years? <laughs> well, it's a bit of a sore point. My girlfriend likes to point out that my helmet is actually a Japanese polo helmet that you would wear normally on a pony, not a motorcycle. And how long have you had that? I've had that since my good friend Rob Kernow gave it to me uh, from his cool antique shop in Seattle, Washington in 1983. It's past its sell-by date. And doesn't smell very good inside either. So helmeted up with a Vespa or Lambretta. Absolutely. And you mentioned sore points. Sore points. We will be getting to them, right? Right? We, we Trevor, will, yeah. I haven't points? even heard it yet. It's so fresh. We have the sore points demo all ready to go, but we just heard some modern lovers, and you, Darren, Enzo, Smoke Tam, are taking <laughs> over. What do we have right off the bat that we're going to play in we're, the set? We were... We talked a lot in our lifetime, you and I, about a Canadian band called The Gruesomes, and this song by Little Willie John, Leave My Kitten Alone, reminds me of them. And you were saying while queuing this up, I might have the wrong side. Could be. Sometimes in the days of 45s, they'd accidentally put the labels on the wrong side, so this is a lottery. We got a 50% chance well, of getting it right. Well, it is kind of a lottery for the collector scum, right? 
right? Because if it is misplaced or misprinted. That's true. Or sometimes you get two of the same label. So you might bypass that record completely. But this is on the King label and eventually sung by Jerry of the Gruesomes. Correct. But this is the original. This is going it back. Is. And here we have Little Kitten Alone, Leave My Kitten Alone with guest DJ Darren. Love your bone 
You are still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And we still have DJ Darren and also 
Trevor. Trevor. How did you meet Trevor, DG Darren? Uh, I we talked about that. His scooter broke, and I still haven't fixed it. Ten years on. Oh, ten years ago. Yeah. When Trevor was in other bands. Because uh, you are you are you've come all the way from Calgary, Alberta. Lights. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It was a beautiful drive. It's sunny today. In the, the hazard mountains. lights. That the hazard was lights. Ten yep. years ago. Yeah. Pizza records. And we just heard right now, what did we just hear? We heard something covered by the Fuzz Tones, right? Uh, yeah, and also we heard uh, something covered by the Gruesomes. The first song we heard was Leave My Kitten Alone by Little Willie John on King Records on the original 45, the same label as many, many fantastic James Brown songs. And right after that? Uh, possibly my all-time favorite song, You Never Had It Better by the Electric Prunes. And I think only... Ever released? I on thought an EP the Smoke was France. your favorite band. Well, or it's your favorite song. It's hard to pick a winner from those losers. Where did you get that Electric Prunes record? Uh, a dear friend gave that to me for Christmas. Thank you very much. And then right after that, we heard the Smoke, right? That's right, from Newcastle, England. Um, incredible. I guess you would call that freak beat because it's from Europe. It can't be garage. And you European. love the smoke. I absolutely adore the smoke. Maybe, okay, maybe that's not my favorite song because we said the Electric Prunes were, but the smoke might be my favorite band. And you've actually covered them a couple times, haven't you? Did I, I have. see I'm wearing not very all... good at writing original material, so I've covered pretty much all the good songs. Where I'm did running I see out. you that's why at I'm the pit quit. pub wearing all white, Darren, right? Uh, you were wearing all our, white that covering was my the smoke. John's Children tribute band. Yeah, thanks for remembering that. <laughs> uh, doing John's children <laughs> doing, doing the smoke yeah jo if you could imagine John's children Mark Bowen playing the smoke that's exactly what it would have looked and sounded like and what is fascinating is you were telling me the story of behind each record the smoke like that is the actual center that somebody well, would buy right yeah this the this, this smoke 45 exists in many many formats including fairly recently high quality reissues and bootlegs um, but this i like because it's a columbia records company sleeve plain jane 45 Exactly like I imagine you would have walked into the record store and listened to in the listening booth like they had back then and then went home with for, I don't know, maybe a shilling. What did records cost? Oh, was it a hit? Was it a hit? No, no, no great. Well, with rare exception, uh, great, great records are seldom hits. Where did he get that one? Um... I, I will probably ask I've traveled you extensively to buy records, and oftentimes people give me great records. Trevor gave me one that's in the next set. But um, that particular one I bought in Nice in France. For how much? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's crass. You can't talk about money. It's, okay. it's priceless. But the next record you played ties into me, That kind one, of. I'll tell you how much I paid for that because that was one you missed out on. Because as you may recall, I ran into you a few years ago at South by Southwest. I guess it's chicken. At, at a weird chicken restaurant. And I have a photo from that. Thank you. Um, and that same weekend, I went uh, digging for records with my good friend Dan. And I found this original J.D. Blackfoot epitaph for a head Texas psych masterpiece for the grand sum of two dollars so sweet and you yes. saw the witches I saw the witches on your advice from Cambridge England and they were sort of um, optically like uh, Pink Floyd but they maybe sounded like they'd heard some Nirvana but they were very very young and very cute very gracious and on a major label how did you discover English rock and roll how did you discover well, you know Br um british rock and roll i was born in edinburgh scotland so it was very easy 
How did you discover Texas rock and roll? Like the uh, Fuzz Tones, right? Yes, because I saw actually. Like, how did you know to buy that record? I saw the Fuzz Tones on TV and it changed my life. How did you know? Short and story. they covered that, right? They did cover that, amongst many other classic 66 era garage songs. And we will be hearing some Fuzz Tones coming up. Right away. Um, actually, I was curious Kentucky Fried Church Bus, they tie into the Gruesomes, don't they? Do they? I don't. Because we met through You'll the Gruesomes. You'll need to tell me that. Well, we did meet through the Gruesomes. Do I... you remember the band Kentucky Fried Church Bus from I... Edmonton? I don't. You'll have to enlighten me. Because when Jerry left the Gruesome, he was filled in by Al Boyd, who was in Kentucky Fried Church Bus. And at that time, I, I you were in that. The Vindicators. I, kind of. I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, you don't remember at all Kentucky Fried Church Bus? I, I, vaguely, I remember the name, and I certainly know the name Al Boyd. And I remember the changeover in bass players, but uh, you're teaching me something, which is good. I and, can still learn. And I first heard you through the Gruesomes. Like the Gruesomes said, there is this guy called Darren, and he has a band called The Vindicators, and we played with them, and they are amazing. They are amazing. How did you meet the Gruesomes? They needed a place to sleep, so when they came to Calgary, they would always stay on our apartment floor, and we'd trade mixtapes and eventually trade sets and play many shows with them, and... Yeah, lovely, lovely people. And they told me about you in The Vindicators, and I got you to come to Vancouver to play for a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. Back then, that was a lot of money. Bands now get paid 80, by the way. It's gone down. A Rogers Ramjet rave-up, and you drove a Stanfield Carpets propane van to the gig. And then almost... From Calgary. Yeah, and I don't know if you recall, but it snowed and we crashed near Grant Lawrence's house and almost drove into one of his neighbor's homes and had to be towed off the lawn, much to the chagrin of the owner. You were very tight, though. You were a very tight band. Did you practice a lot? We practiced a lot and our band was famous for live shows and certainly not for making good records because as the evidence you're about to hear will back me up we never really did capture that band on a record but you did have a member of the haunted right on searching for my baby on uh, vindicators aug lp that's correct one of the haunted drummers played on the vindicators record and told me the story of playing with the who at expo who was that and what was jerry timmons and And he had dated our keyboard player's mom which is that's the way the world is it's full of great amazing coincidences and what was playing with the who like at expo you Uh, don't remember i think he he said he was a little bit starstruck and he didn't actually get to talk to them so probably the same situation you'd have now if you were trevor opening for the sonics Ba-boom! <laughs> and also, we are live here on CITR Radio with DJ Darren bringing in all the tunes from Calgary. From Calgary, My right? My pleasure. From Calgary. Actually, I was thinking The Haunted and then also The Big Three. Brian Griffith from The Big Three. He lives in Calgary as well. He does. He? And in recent years, I've spoken to him quite a bit. And I would like to take, now that you've brought that up, I'd like to make a point of promoting my friend Todd Kipp's upcoming full-length feature documentary on the band The Big Three, which is being made from Calgary, but being shot all around Europe. And The Big Three, they were basically the Beatles before the Beatles? They were the Beatles before the Beatles, and they're a typical band hard luck story where nothing went their way, and they broke up and are largely forgotten about. But hopefully Todd's film will set that record straight. And um, Big Three... 
were instrumental in my life because Brian Griffith, dear man that he is, tried to teach me guitar and failed. But um, thanks, and Brian. How did like the Haunted and Brian from the Big Three end up in Calgary? It's a lovely place to be. You should visit more often. It's really wild, though. The Trevor's from there. Can connections to everything a guy came up to me at a blowfly gig a blowfly gig and said i met you before i played bass for the vindicators who was that well it could have been anyone because we had yeah exactly as you know there were many bass players in the vindicators but who was that probably dave mariachi one of the later Mm -hmm. he's you know he knew me so he must have played only one woman he must have played in vancouver Yes, exactly. So uh, it still could have been uh, anyone. <laughs> and we are live here with Trevor from the Soar. Points. And as well, Darren from the Fags, recently deceased. And also from a long time ago, the Vindicators. And right now we have a whole bunch of tunes to play. What are we going to cut to right now? Uh, I think we're going to hear the gruesomes, and it was going to be Jack the Ripper, but you have amended that. And <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I defer to you. I, I am playing this because I, too, was pen pals uh, uh, probably about 10 years later, and from Bobby's personal collection, at like I think uh, like a pledge drive show or something, the gruesomes are captured live doing this song. So I recognize this. This particular record was actually picked up by Trevor, right? And, and given to me. Tra- where did you find it, Trevor? Because this is super I rare. All about this. <laughs> this <laughs> is Trevor's super rare. wishing that he hadn't actually given it to me. So uh, I, I might have another. Have Where did you find it? Jeez, I have no idea. So here is the gruesomes with no more, uh, no more lies from the first forty-five with guest DJ Darren.
And you are still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show with special guest DJ. Darren. Darren. And we also have in the studio today. Trevor, just hanging out. Just hang out. Thanks for bringing me a coffee, Trevor. Thank you, Trevor. Trevor from the Sore Points, who we will hear later. But right now, what did we just hear in that set? Uh, well, I think we heard the gruesomes, and we talked about that a little bit already, and that was your choice, not my choice. Um, <laughs> you wanted to hear Jack the Ripper. I did, uh, but I, to be honest, I would rather have heard the Screaming Lord Such version, but... Uh, but Trevor loved the drumming. You loved the drumming. He did, and he mentioned that the fills gruesome. weren't very accurate, but endearing because of that. And that was a very... Where did you see that lineup of the gruesomes? Because that was with... The drummer being the brother, John Davis's brother, mm-hmm. and that was a very early lineup. I don't think well, they, they came a grand total of seven seven shows, four of which were two nights back to back in Calgary. So it would have been the very first one. So I can't put a time on it exactly because it's a very long time ago, but um, memorable nonetheless. And I actually saw the Gruesomes. Okay, now I have it. I saw the Gruesomes open for the Chesterfield Kings in Ontario. That, that would have been the time that, that I would saw have been them. it. Yes. So there you go. So I've seen them, and yeah, a lot of times, a dozen times. And I played the track you didn't want to hear, and then we heard what? <laughs> we heard the fuzz tones, and I'm all. Those are all the same things, are they not? Are the fuzz tones responsible for all 1980s garage or the gruesomes or vice well, versa? Or does it matter? Record label. I know. Fantastic. Where did you get that record? That record um, should have come from Los Angeles, California. Sometime in the late 80s, but when I purchased it um, and brought it back to Canada and opened it, I discovered that they had put the wrong 45 in the sleeve. And so that was a very expensive mistake for a young, fledgling Darren. And what did we hear from, like, what else did we hear there? We heard the Cynics from Pittsburgh, I believe. Can you can you verify that? Yes, they are from Pittsburgh. Yeah, Greg, and that. you and I, and this also ties into our trip to Texas because they played South by Southwest the year of the chicken incident. What was the chicken incident? Well, that's when we I ran into you in the weird chicken restaurant. Oh, gas, gas, yeah, yeah, gases, <laughs> which I think is a chain actually. Believe oh, is it or not? It? Yeah. Oh, I think there's probably better chicken in Texas than that. But it's a chain. Yeah. But still, anyway, the cynics played that weekend and and astonished me every bit as good as I would have expected them to be 20 years prior. And right after that, we heard. Oh, well, the Vindicators, which you were part of. Uh, Yes, I was happy to be part of it. The record records that you've been playing so far, is that like a Vindicator set, basically? When did you start the Vindicators? I don't know if it's a set. I think it's just some great music, some of which we were very lucky to hear when we were teenagers. And some you covered, right? And Yeah, some we covered, of course, yeah. 1984, Rubble? Yeah, Bam Caruso, the Bam Caruso label, uh, a series of, I think, 14 originally vinyl comps of predominantly British psych and freak beat that changed... Young lives, certainly ours. Quote, we stole Colin, we stole Colin from the ashes of Coughing Nails, one of the greatest ever Calgary bands from the cassette website, Calgary Cassettes. Mm-hmm. The unknown Coughing Nails, uh, which is a shame because those guys uh, 
KC, Case Caulfield, Colin, uh, Bill E. Stu, legendary opera singer turned rock and roller. Uh, phenomenal band that sort of were somewhere between 66 Garage and X, if you can imagine that. There was a vaguely Billy Zoom. Sounds like uh, it came from Canada description. That's how they described <laughs> UIC. Back in the day. Um, 66. Meet 77. Yeah, UIC, perfect. I would have guessed that if you only told me the description. Coffin Nails and also the Cassette website. That is an amazing resource, isn't it? The mm-hmm. Cassette That's website. That's our good friend Arif Ansari. And um, he has also started to recently do a little podcast that delves into each tape with one of the members of the original band where they talk about it at length on CJSW Radio. Man, Calgary. Darren Borham has some weird stuff in this tape collection. What have you given them? Uh, I tried to give them as many early pieces that, that they were missing because I... And you can check it online, right? You can, and I, I am a person who went to see many, many shows and tried to support bands by buying their 2 and $3 tapes and... Um, Cactus juice! Yeah, among others. <laughs> uh, I, tapes, though, that's a, that, tapes are cool again. You've been to Burger Records. I'm sure tapes are a thing again, right? <laughs> the Smalls. Am I wrong? What do you remember about The Smalls? I know. The only thing I know about The Smalls is that my girlfriend, Erin, likes The Smalls, and I do not. I have they zero are back. recollection they of are The Smalls. They are back. They are back. Yeah. They are contemporaries. So are The Sonics. I, I have no comment. The Vindicators and The Smalls are, well, actually, The Vindicators are not back. But what is the light show guitar story? I know I have asked Trevor uh, this many one? times. I'm going to tell a new one because I've heard you and Trevor talk at length about the other story. So the my light show Rickenbacker, I believe, for a long time, I was led to believe it was the one in the Chesterfield Kings 99th Floor video. It is absolutely not. Mine came by way of a band called the Dundrells. Do you remember the Dundrells? No Who more? used to be the mods? Because yes. I remember it had the so, mods written on it. Very expensive, very rare Canadian 45, the mods, which is not Step a mod out record. Tonight. Yeah, it's a punk record. Make no mistake, not a mod record. My guitar is on the cover of that record. Their name was spray painted on the case, and it came to me by way of the Dundrells. And you still have it? I do not. I sold it to it. It continues on, though. That guitar could tell its own stories. I sold it to John Fay. Do you know that name? John Fay, the Trifles. Yes, great, great garage band from many years ago. And I hope that John still has it and enjoys it. And if he does, I would very much like to buy it back. Because the Vindicators always had the best vintage equipment. Thank you for saying so. What was Ben, your bassist's, you know, what was his bass? Hoffner. Where did he get that? Uh, I worked in a music store, so I sourced most all of that stuff for us at a time when you could buy original Beatles Hofner basses for $400. And Colin wore his organ. He wore his organ. Is that unique to our band, do you think? You've I seen think a lot of bands. Time. Have you ever seen that in another band? No, I haven't actually. Well, that was a it novelty. It was not a guitar. It was not it was a not. It was a full-size um, Korg C3 like the Whalers played among other great bands, fantastic Mini Hammond. And we, because I worked in the music store, in the basement in a box of old 60s junk, I found a promotional giant-sized guitar strap, which we then made into the soon-to-be guitar strap, I guess. How did you find Bryce Dunn? 
the drummer of the Vindicators. Bryce Dunn came to us directly from the Stampede Band. How did you find him? He lived on our street. So just as a friend, you grew up with him? Yeah, Bryce is a dear friend to this day. What was on his drum head? What was on the Vindicators drum that head? That was a target a target from a shooting range that we bought on a trip through Spokane, Washington. The other thing you should know about the Vindicators is we incessantly sought out that weird stuff. Instruments, records from England, and we would drive to Spokane, the nearest American city, to buy old 60s clothing and shooting range targets. And We're, home oh, of the makers. Yeah, I was just about to say, and, the, and we saw a bunch of sort of um, really unsettling seemly kids on the corner one time and many years later they would become the makers but that's another story you did make it all the way to toronto was the best vindicator gig roger ramjet's rave up the headlining nardwar presents is that the one where bryce's kit fell off the riser probably if, well, if it was that was the best gig and i also remember us being interviewed in the back of a van in vancouver in the rain and if you have that footage i desperately need it because the only video evidence of the vindicators which was at my parents house was sadly lost a few years ago so none exists unless you have that film from the van well we don't have the video but we have the audio all queued up ready to go oh my goodness so what can you say as a background to this gig um, I remember it being the very first time I ever saw, I believe, the evaporators, and Dave Carswell might have been dressed as a knight. Yes, he was. False. He was. That's all I have. And you traveled a hundred bucks for this way. I would do yeah, it $100. again. hundred dollars. For you, I, I would do you. it again. It's, it's 20 more than I'd make in Calgary with my current band. So here are, uh, what do you remember about the gig, though? Like, as a bit of background for this information, you know, for this clip that we're going to play. Like, set the scene. This was an all-ages gig. Yep. And Chris was certainly all-ages, our, our singer-guitar player, and it might have been the first time he ever drank beer. And he had, like, Carl written on his yeah, Ricky. Yeah, Carl C., that was his Vindicator's name. Where did that come from, that Ricky? You? A uh, music store thing. Yeah. So here, I worked in a guitar shop. We had great gear. So here we It's important. Kids don't put enough emphasis Long and McQuaid? Gear. Long and McQuaid? Every band in Calgary has a Rickenbacker now, right, Rich? Long and McQuaid? Long and McQuaid. And here we go, back to 1989 and little clips. You interviewed the Vindicators by Pilot One, and this is all in honor of special guest DJ... DJ Darren. All the way from Calgary, and look what they're going to get $100. Yeah, that's their pay. Carl, in honor of me and Arnold, you can get it on your pay $100 for the evening. Thanks for coming. I'm speechless. Look forward to other fun-filled Nardwar adventures. And if you want to hop on the Nardwar adventure team, to see me after. We'll put you and make you a star. You guys came from Seattle to see the show? Yeah. And did you like it? Yeah, it was a good show. Fun? Well, the first first couple bands that were, you know, kind of... Suck. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fun at the end, yeah. You got into it? Yeah. Right on. And same thing? Hey, man. First couple bands. But then... Then... Vindicator. Vindicator's Vindicator. ruled? Vindicator. Yeah. There you uh, go. Dynamite. <laughs> right on, thanks. This is the best Nord War presentation uh, in the history of the planet. Best Nord War show in the history of the planet? Uh, yeah. Would you say?
stay the same? Yeah, it's really great. Garage Rock is nearly dead in Vancouver. It started in the Northwest. Damn it, it should thrive in the Northwest. I see the Vindicators move to here. Okay, the van of the Vindicators. Uh, who drove, who drove from Calgary here in this van? I did. You yeah. drove this? It's not our van, it's Stan's carpet van. Stan's oh. carpet van. It's on loan with propane. The propane power. Filled with propane, which is 10 times more expensive <laughs> in BC than it is in Uh-oh. That's a dumb idea. You guys drove all the way from Calgary to do this gig, right? Yeah. Yep. Just, for, for just this show. Yes. For, 100 for 100 bucks. bucks. We did it for the love of Nardwar. Love, love of Nardwar. Love of Nardwar. That's the thing. What a guy. What, a, what a teen promoter. <laughs> teen promoter, <laughs> Nardwar. He's, yeah. See, he's the man. See the Vancouver, the North Shore scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Because of Nardwar. Because of Nardwar. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> happening <laughs> because of Nardwar. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the Welcome Elvis the, suit was all about. Though. It's like uh, <laughs> when people go to bed now, I'm going to put on some. <laughs> so, so how much you guys spend like for gas to get here? Like, how um, much you for like 180 bucks so far because propane is 15 cents in Calgary. It's 90 cents. <laughs> so you guys will actually lose like 100. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. lost yeah. everything. But, but it was matter. fun. Yeah, exactly. Had a great yeah. time. Did you guys play a lot in Calgary or? Way uh, too, too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. Yeah. Too much. They play too much in Calgary. That's why now at a loss we're playing elsewhere. See, yeah. they're broadening their horizons. Exactly. They're coming here. And, and you guys are going to be on Pilot One. Are we? Can we be right after Sex with Sue? Right <laughs> Check out Right After Sex with Sue. We're hoping. We'll try. Yeah, I'll try. I'll, I'll tell the producers. Yeah. Where are you Wait. playing Calgary? Where's the teen gigs there? There's uh, only one show. Yeah. Uh, Studio yeah, Go-Go. Studio Go-Go. Studio It's kind of, it's, it's sort of multimedia. Yeah. Dance, comedy, music, theater, arts. No All beer. in one small box. No, no, no beer. No beer. No beer. Yeah, there's beer. There's beer. There's beer. There's beer. Oh, we don't want to hear that. Unless it's Molson Canadian, because that's what music's all about. Oh, right. <laughs> so where's the best gigs you had? Um, Toronto. Toronto. So you guys been in Toronto? Nardwar, the human serviettes, Roger Ramjet's rave up. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. So where have you guys been? You guys played in Calgary, Toronto, Edmonton, Edmonton, Vancouver. That's it. Some, some grain elevators. We were going to play in Regina, but it got screwed Balzac up. Agridome. Balzac Agridome. Seats 30,000. 30,000. In the hockey arena. Check After the, the game. Somebody's socks smell. We played McEwen Hall at the University of Calgary. That's oh, yeah. the biggest oh. that was Our biggest worst gig and the biggest venue we ever played. And so except for the technical um, uh, screw-ups, we'll say. Uh, it was fun, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys were hot. And a great uh, crowd, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's Excellent like crowd. tight pack. Place. Especially the guys that came out from <laughs> Seattle. Yeah. Are you yeah. sweating, sir? I was sweating. I bet. Like, I put Did a lot of Did you see this jelly. guy dancing? He was dancing. I was dancing. Dirty yeah. dancing. Well, the thing is, <laughs> we, we drove all this way to play here, but all those people drove all the way from Seattle to see us. They crossed a national a border. National border. National border. There's an international gig for those guys. The Vindicators and the Nerdy I mean, that really, I feel humble. That really reduces what we did. So, there you have it. The Vindicators in the van after the gig. Pretty wild. On Pilot One. Pilot One. For Sex with Sue or after. No, sometime around the Sex with Sue Tell them, tell them the Vindicators on Pilot One and tell them they have to watch Pilot One to see the Vindicators. Something like that. Just kidding. 
Vindicator's on pilot, pilot one. one. You gotta watch pilot. Watch us. Watch pilot, pilot one. Like that. You'll see us. Pilot one on the Vindicator. Tune in, us. Tune in. Damn. Right here. Us. That's us. Cut. And here we have it. February 18th, 1989. Roger's Ramjet, Roger Ramjet's rave up with the Vindicators. And I should mention Chris Houston asking some questions. Oh, wow. As well as Jacques. Hello, Jacques from Pilot One, which was cancelled, unfortunately. And that after never, we were on? After you were Uns- on. Unsurprising. And that never aired. Yeah. Uh, who are those people that came up from Seattle to play your debut gig in Vancouver? You know, I, I'm, I don't know definitively who that would have been, although I suspect that Michelle Rancourt, Rob Kerno, Victor Voris... Uh, yeah, it's a very long time ago. I was 22 years old. But you were old enough to buy the Fallout 7-inch, right? Of course. Like, how long did you live in Seattle? How did you meet those people? I lived in Seattle off and on for almost seven years, and I bought many records long before that. My, m- How did you meet those people? I met those people at Fallout Records, which you and I talked about this afternoon, and I think that that was on Denny. At the top of Denny, Denny somewhere, somewhere at the beginning of Broadway. And you just came up to them in the store? No, you gravitate towards those people. I'm sure that happens now if you see someone. I don't know. Does that happen, Trevor? If you see someone that looks like they might be into the mummies? How long were you there? People? How long were you at the st- in the store in Seattle at Fallout? Uh, All day? Well, yeah. W- when you come to a great record store, when there were such things you would stay there for hours digging for records of course and you mentioned studio coco in that interview with jack yeah owned by noel burke gaffney what happened to that and did you have any gigs there i think the house is maybe recently gone to make room for things in the east village in calgary which is now um, very hip and trendy but that was an after hours venue where you would pay a dollar on the door and a dollar a beer. And the idea, which is a great one, is that touring bands would play a second show after their club gig there late into the night and they would keep all the money. You also played at McEwen Ballroom? I did in the old Mac Hall, the same stage that the Dead Kennedys and the Stranglers and, uh, you know, phenomenal punk bands that I would go to see. Who did you play with? Because I know the Gruesomes played played with with Color Me Psycho at their record release, and they're one of the all-time great Calgary bands. Did you ever back up, like, the Gruesomes got to back up Jesus and Mary Jane? Oh, wow. Did you ever back up any touring bands? (laughs) That gig you mentioned in Toronto where we drove all the way to Toronto nonstop to play one one show which seems insane because it is we were on the same bill as Bo Diddley but we that's not the same thing as to say we played with Bo Diddley was it hard to get on Aug Records you were the last band no. on Pilot One yeah. and then Pilot One went <laughs> yeah it's funny you should say that because I feel like I feel responsible to this day for killing off Aug Records after th- almost 30 amazing releases so I'm sorry Tony but um, no it wasn't hard at all they came to us the Gruesomes were our ambassadors and they played with us and everywhere they traveled in this land they told everyone how great we including were including me including you and so I owe those guys a great debt and and uh, to you too. But no, the Og Records approached us and eventually we played shows with Deja Voodoo, 
and they were only too happy to put us on the It Came From Canada 5 comp, which is a cool record if you can still find one. And then, uh, yeah, our EP was the last thing they ever released. I think they made 800 of them. Why did you break up after the first AUG EP? Why did you break up? That's easy. Uh, It came to a point where two of us were going to go to school and two of us were going to go on to be real musicians. And in fact, that's exactly what happened. Bryce continued to play drums all across Canada, Europe, and as far as Japan with lots of bands that I don't need to tell you the names of. And Chris Carlson, Carl C., went on to be the bass player for Tegan and Sarah for many, many years. Was it Ben also in Tegan and Sarah's backup band? I don't know if that's true. I know that Ben, who now lives in Los Angeles, did a lot of very 90s sounding bands later on and became a bit of a go-to guitar tech and producer. And your artwork for the Vindicators LP had Mm -hmm. Tom Bagley. It's the first record that Tom Bagley ever did art for. So I suppose nowadays it's actually kind of a thing. And I talked to him recently about how I still have his original artwork for it in full-size format, which I'm going to get framed. The Vindicators live at Rogers Ramjet. (laughs) Roger Ramjet's rave up. that must have been the best one. From February 18th, 1980. 89. And right now, we are going to play some Seattle-centric music. Yes, some music please. that you bought. How much longer did you buy this Fallout LP that we're going to play? Not long EP. after it came out. My good friend Kurt Doherty, who was my roommate in Seattle, was very good friends of Dave and Shannon. And as we'll discover, I went on to make music with all of those people. And here we go with the Fallouts doing... Here I Come. With guest DJ... Darren.
And you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show with special guest DJ. Darren and Trevor. Hello. What did we just hear, Darren? Some exclusive. Trevor. Uh, Trevor, too. Yes. Trevor from. Yeah, everything about the Trevor is points. very elusive. Oh, but, you said exclusive. But we, uh, well, actually, why don't we go back? What did we hear in that set, Darren? Well, uh, we heard. After some Roger Ramjet's rave up with some, the Vindicators. Uh, Seattle centric music. We heard the Fallouts, a uh, fantastic garage band from Seattle. Um, a track called Here I Come, along with the Statics, Zach's band that I was briefly in. And that was a cover of the Zeros. Uh, that was the song Wimp. And then we heard the Night Kings, which uh, we need a whole show to talk about the Night Kings and the Nights and Days and Rob Vasquez and Rob's impact on Seattle music and how he is, in fact, the lost character in the history of Seattle Thank you, Steve Turner. Yes, thanks, Steve, for recognizing that. Super Electro Recordings. Mm -hmm, on Red Vinyl. Who later signed... Oh, many bands, I believe. The Fallouts. Yeah, And exactly. the Collabros. <laughs> the Collabros. That's right. Supergroups. And right after that, we heard... Well, yeah, Supergroups. I'm in favor of those. And I lived in Vancouver very briefly, um, as you know, and just long enough to be in that band called The Come Ons with uh, Shane Nelkin and Bryce Dunn and the Jeff McCloy. That was a world exclusive, right? What can it say about The Come Ons? I can say that we recorded nine songs at JCDC um, in West Vancouver. It is West Vancouver, is it? Yeah. And um, my good friend Liam Barksdale came from Seattle, Washington and played Hammond organ on those tracks. And it was for a record that sadly never was because at the exact moment that we finished the recordings, I had an opportunity to move to Calgary and... That was the end of that band. What year was that? I think it was 1998 during the winter that we recorded. And by 99, I was living in Calgary again. And that was the Come Ons. It was. And there's a much more famous band with that name that I think are from Chicago. Just like, do you know that there's a band called The Vindicators that are very famous that were from Los Angeles that also are vaguely garagey? And they're from the 2000s and made many, many records. Where did I you guess they don't have computers. They where don't have Google. Where did you Google, buy your so. records? We mentioned Fallout in Seattle, but where in Calgary did you buy records? Where did you get Well, everyone Rebel? bought records at Recordland, but I bought my records from uh, a couple, Ken, and I think her name was Rena, that imported records from England. And every Thursday, they would get their new records. And as early as 1982, I would ride the bus after school to do just exactly that downtown on 7th Avenue, where what, all my pocket money went. What about that shirt you gave Dave Carswell, who wore on the cover of the Smuggler's Party, Party, Party It's pooper. New England Patriots, isn't it? Is I that what it is, it is? I think it is a beer shirt. It's an amazing shirt. Where did yeah, you get that's, that? That's another Spokane thrift shopping relic. I think I gave you some pants too, no? I think so. <laughs> you were just like, <laughs> I didn't know it all pants. came from Spokane. You said before the internet, you, you literally had to drive to America to buy that stuff. What bands can people find you in? The Vindicators? Oh, uh... The fags now. The fag well, the of fags, mines. The fags actually, the fag as, of, of mines? as of last week, are no more, sadly. But shout out to uh, Dale and Rosemary and Kelly, and thank you for that amazing journey. Um, I 
played in a band called Pussy Monster in Calgary for a period of time, and f- quite a few recordings of that band are available on vinyl and CD. I played in the Statics, the Rooks Group, and the Milk Duds in Seattle on various labels. No, yeah, the Milk too Duds many we will be playing as well. You had an autographed Billy Childish copy well, of the, the record. M- Can you explain about the Milk Duds? We, some people will, will already have jumped ahead and know that the Milk Duds was obviously a Milkshakes tribute. And um, it was endorsed by Billy Childish, who stayed at our home in Seattle uh, during his earliest shows in the Northwest. And is a very lovely guy, and whose now wife Julie Wynn, At one point, I Book tried to teach guitar to unsuccessfully, but nurse she Julie. went on to be Nurse Julie, the bass player She's in the Order of the Seattle, British Empire. Right? She's actually from Sacramento, California, which is where the bass player in the Milk Duds was from too. And that's how we who know were each in the other. Milk Duds because you had some Kurt, actual mix- Kurt Doty from the E Types, a California mod band, eighties mod band. Um, and Shannon McConnell, who is also in the Fallouts and the Invisible Men, and 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 and. I thought Mickey was in it because let's Mickey. <laughs> uh, that's Garth. Mickey from the Milkshakes from Chicago played the part of Mickey. He was Mickey Hamster, not Mickey Hampshire. What did Billy think of the record? Billy was uh, very polite about the record, very um, supportive. In as much as over a hot turkey sandwich at the Crocodile Cafe, he signed my copy of it and thought, you know, this is cute. What was the band The Saturday Boy? Because they played, I think, a scooter run. Do you remember The Saturday Boy? I know the name, The Saturday Boy. The Saturday Boy is early kind of proto-mod band. And... um, What did he turn into? I've always been curious. I don't know, to be honest with you. I think that... Brendan Shrian might have played drums in that, though, who ties into the Night Kings because he was also the drummer in the Nights and Days, the earliest version of Rob Vasquez's band. Everything is connected. I and, think that's what we're discovering. And the fags were connected as well to the ripoffs, too. You love the ripoffs. Uh, we love, oh, I love the ripoffs. And so we and covered a, jo- a John Vaughn song. And Rivets. Uh, no, I wrote that song, you're referring to Rivet Factory, and I wrote that song thinking about all the great rock and roll that came from Detroit, and Rivets uh, are part of my occupation, and it's a very mechanical, industrial thing, and uh, that's what that song's about. And right now, actually, probably to end an Ardoir the Human Serviette radio show, we have... The sore points that we've been working up towards. What can I say about this particular track? The Forget It by The Sore Points. Well, oddly enough, the last time I was on your show, uh, Nervous Talk played our last show, opening for Pointed Sticks. Who are still doing gigs. (laughs) They're still doing gigs. Nervous Talk, sadly, no more. And that was the last. The world is upside down. That was it. So me and Shane from Nervous Talk uh, assembled a new project Recorded eight songs in one day with Felix Fung and had that turned over in three days into cassette tapes, and we just got them back. Just in time, our guitar player left for England, so we're kind of out of shows for a month. More radio debuts. So we are going to hear the sore points with Forget It, and then we're going to hear a little bit of Roots Group, or what are we going to hear? Yeah, Roots Group, the the natural successors to the Saturday Boy. That was my mod project, the one that you saw dressed in white at the pick pub 
And then we are going to hear the milk duds, right? Endorsed by Billy Childish, personally. And then if time allows, what are we going to hear? I'd like us to hear some Alberta music that's... Um, At least give them a shout close out. Close to me. Yeah, absolutely. Shake It Out by Seven Story Redhead and some Ben Disaster. So anything you'd like to say to people out there, Darren or Trevor? Yeah, never stop buying records. Be inspired. Trevor? <laughs> why he, he's got nothing why? this is the problem with youth today See, I, I can't really buy records right now so i got nothing to say <laughs> why should people care about dj darren why should people care why oh, should people care about the music uh, they shouldn't care about me today? at all they should care about good music because that's all i've ever done so here are the sore points with forget it and to do 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 I think here are the sore points with Forget It. And, oh, uh, actually, while we just get this ready to all produce itself, <laughs> oh, that is the song. What can you say about Forget It again? Felix Fung, this is what Felix Fung sounds like? Uh, no, this is what sore points sounds like when oh. Felix Fung records us. Okay, and let's see if this is correct right now. Wait a second. Did I forget to go do toluto do do luto? Do do
Don't tell